Good morning. Welcome to Sunday Morning with Love and Action. I am Ken Tuck. Thank you for joining me today. I hope your day's going well and you're having a good weekend and ready to get into the Word of God this morning. We are now into October, so praise God. We are moving on through this year, and it's going fast, isn't it? At least it has for me. Just really busy, but really a lot of good things going on this year. And just praise God for all that he has done and all he has planned for this last quarter of 2023. It won't be long. The holiday season will be upon us with Thanksgiving, Christmas. And just want to encourage you to take these times as they're coming up. Start planning on how you can share Jesus with your friends and families during the upcoming holiday season and how you can use it to bring glory to Him. So be planning ahead. That's always a good thing to do to make sure we're always pointing to Jesus. This morning, we are going to talk about the gospel message. And before we do, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Father God, we praise you, thank you, love you, exalt you, extol you. Lord, we just want to say we love you. Thank you for loving us first. Thank you for your Son, Jesus. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your mercy and your grace that's never-ending, Lord. Father, we thank you that you provide all that we need. You have given us everything. You take care of everything. Lord, you just tell us to trust you. And to follow you, Lord Jesus. And I just pray for everyone listening. Father, I pray for those who are not believers in you yet. God, I pray that they will be. I pray that you will just draw them to you. And that they will give their lives to you. And receive you, Jesus, into their lives. And truly experience real life, real love, real joy. And to know that eternity will be with you. Father, I pray for those who are born-again believers in you, Jesus, that you will give them encouragement today, that you will continue to give each one boldness, Lord, to share you with others. Others need to hear the gospel message. Others need to know that there's a God who loves them and that, Jesus, you died for us. You did everything for us to give us eternal life. And praise God, because you rose again, all who believe will have eternal life. So, Lord, we give you this time. Ask your Holy Spirit to teach us, lead us, guide us, and direct us into all your truths. Ask you to give me the words to say, Holy Spirit, and may you be glorified, Father. And it's in your holy name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Again, I just want to thank you for joining me this morning. Thank you for taking time to listen to the Word of God. And this morning we are going to, as I mentioned, talk about the gospel message. And really it's a message that is simple, but it's a message that has... I mean, it's everything. It has eternity in it. Sometimes we complicate it too much. But today I just want to provide you with the simple gospel message and just kind of do some explaining as we go along. But I just pray that God uses this time to bring glory to himself and that hearts will be touched by his word. And the reason why I'm teaching on this this morning is, well, one, because it's always good to share the gospel message and two, during one of our recent discipleship classes, uh, it's a Bible doctrine systematic theology class that we teach here at Love and Action, our school of discipleship. And one of our students, Miss Jan, precious woman of God, we were talking about the gospel message, and I was talking, I shared a, something that happened in my life that I'm going to share with you this morning that Jesus, he just plainly told me, tell the simple message, and people are going to come to him. And after I explained all that, she just looked at me and she said, that message is not preached enough nowadays. And I said, you know, you're right. And so I just want to uh, share the gospel message this morning, the simple message, and just pray that God uses it to touch hearts this morning, to bring him glory. 
So what is the gospel message? It's simply told that Jesus Christ died on the cross, was buried, and on the third day rose again. And it sounds, well, Ken, is it that simple? Yes, it is. But in that is so much the gospel message. The word gospel means good news. And the gospel, that good news, needs to be proclaimed to everybody. And that's, as believers, that's what we are supposed to do. That's what Jesus commands us to do through his word, through his great commission that he gives us. Jesus tells us in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, to preach the gospel to everyone, to all creation. He tells us in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, he tells us that all power and authority has been given unto him. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, all people groups, and to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and to teach them to obey all that he's taught us and that he's with us always to the end of the age. And so that's a command. Those are commands from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And as believers, we need to be about our Father's business. We need to be telling others the good news, to proclaim it, to let people know about Jesus and what he's done and what he's done in our lives. Herald the good news. Some of you may remember, and we show our ages when we talk about this, but there used to be a thing called a newspaper. (laughs) I was in that newspaper career for 22 years. And back in the day when a big story happened, the paper would come out, and that was the main source for news. And, And you would have newspaper hawkers on the corners of the streets, As people walked by, drove by, yelling, extra, extra, read all about it. There's a big story breaking, and you can get all the information here. Well, that's how we need to be in even more about the gospel message, that Jesus died, that he was buried, and that he rose again. We need to be proclaiming that. I surrendered my life to Jesus back in 1989, and ever since then, he's just done so many wonderful things in my life through the good times, through the bad times. And in that time, I knew it was important to share the gospel message. So I've been sharing Jesus with people for a pretty good long time. But what really drove it home to me even even more was back in 2011, 2012, Martha and I and my mom were on a plane flying to the Philippines. We were going there to do ministry. I was to lead a pastors and missionary workers conference We were going to do a lot of ministry with children and then just go out and evangelize throughout the island of Mindanao in the southern Philippines. We'd never been there before. We had never met our Filipino brothers and sisters before. It was actually our second missionary trip. Mine and Martha's first trip was to Ecuador where we served at an orphanage called Casa de Fe. But this was our first trip to Asia and the first time we were leading a conference and to say the least I was a little I wasn't scared but I was a little nervous because I'd never done anything like this before but I knew God was with us and so we went and while we were flying 35,000 feet however high we were uh, it's a long trip over there I got up and walked to the back of the airplane I'd been reading the Bible making some more notes preparing When I went back to the back of the uh, airplane, that's when I found that flight attendants, they keep some snacks on hand and some water as well on hand back there in in their station area. And so I was hanging out there stretching, get me a little water, get me a little snack. And this uh, older gentleman walked up and doing the same thing. And we got to talking and they were, him and his wife were on their way to Russia 
And he asked where we were going, and I told him the Philippines. He said, what are you doing? I said, well, we're going there to preach the gospel, to lead a pastor's conference and, you know, the different ministries that we were planning to do. And he looked at me and he said, well, you know what? If you just preach the simple gospel message of Jesus Christ died, was buried, and rose on the third day, you will see an untold harvest. And we talked a little bit longer, and I thanked him for his encouragement. It was just a great time of encouragement, and things that he was saying was really confirming things that I had been reading a little earlier on the plane in the Bible. And I got back to our seats, and I was real excited and told Martha and Mom what had happened and, and this gentleman, how encouraging he was. And that's exactly what we did when we got to the Philippines is preach the simple gospel message. But a cool thing about that encounter on the plane is when when we we flew into um, we were flying to Japan to change planes. When we got there, I, I was I was looking on the plane. I was looking as we got off the plane for this gentleman because again, I just wanted to thank him for how much encouragement that he had given me and I could not find him anywhere I I didn't see him anywhere and I still believe to this day that that was an angel that God sent to encourage me about this trip and therefore to encourage Martha and my mom believe what you want to I I believe that was an angel Lord God says we will entertain angels unawares and that was an angel no doubt about it in my mind and uh, that simple gospel message just really resonated it was like I don't have to make this hard. I can keep it simple, and God will use his word and do great things. And so that's been our message, the simple gospel message of Jesus died on the cross. He was buried and put into that tomb, and on the third day, God raised him from the dead. And we have seen so many people come to the Lord, uh, literally tens of thousands over the years from ministering here in the States and especially here in Dothan, But also in many places in Asia, closer to home in Haiti, we've just seen people respond to the gospel message, and it's exciting. And so I want to bring encouragement to you. If you're listening to this and you're a believer, uh, have you been sharing the gospel message to others? Unfortunately, about 90, 95% of proclaiming Christians don't, and that's horrible. That's terrible. It's not good at all. It's kind of astounding that many people who proclaim to have had this experience with Jesus Christ hasn't told anybody yet. But if your team won the national championship, you'd tell everybody. That's a game. We're talking about eternity. So people, we must share this gospel message. If you have been sharing the gospel message, praise God and keep on doing it because you are planting and watering seeds of the gospel in the hearts of people, and God's going to bring forth that increase. But we have to proclaim the gospel and God gives us that what's called the gospel call where we proclaim the message like I'm doing right now. And it goes out to all people who are listening. Everybody is hearing this message. And if you're a born-again believer, if you're not a born-again believer, then what's your response going to be to that, right? So I pray it's that what we call the effective call, that when you, you make that decision, that you're going to trust in Christ and give him your life and trust in him as your Lord and Savior And people will often say, well, how do I do that? How how do I go about doing that? Well, one, you you do have to have knowledge and understanding that we have all sinned. The Bible tells us in Romans, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's Romans 3.23. So we need to understand that, that, hey, I'm a sinner. I deserve punishment, and that punishment is death. And 
punishment in hell for eternity. And that's the penalty we're sin. So that's the second thing we have to understand is that we are a sinner. There's a penalty for it, and that's it. It's death. It's eternity without God, eternal punishment in hell. That's justice. It's like if someone commits a crime, then justice is for that person to serve out however much time in, in prison. Or if it's something like a murder, then a lot of people are going to push for the death penalty, that that person will die because of his sins or her sins of committing that crime. But we have all sinned. Every one of us has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and the punishment is death, is eternal life away from God. But then we need to also understand that Jesus paid the price for that penalty. That's the good news. The good news is that God, he had a plan from before the foundations of the earth, before he created anything, of how he was going to bring us to him. And when Adam sinned in the garden, it didn't catch God off guard. You can't catch God off guard. He, he cannot be surprised. I promise you that. But he immediately had a plan, and he shows us that plan even right there as we are reading the story about the creation and then the fall of man when Adam sinned. But we see right there in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, God says, I will put enmity between you and the woman. He's talking to Satan there. And between your offspring and her offspring, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So right there he was showing us that he's sending someone, and that someone is Jesus, who's going to defeat Satan. And he's going to set up, he's, he's already set up the whole plan of redemption for us. And he sent Jesus at the appropriate time to die for our sins. Jesus, fully God, fully man, was born of the Virgin Mary, and he lived this life perfectly. He did not sin. Even when they were trying to find charges against him, the Jewish leaders of that time, the Pharisees, they were all upset with Jesus, and they were trying to find charges against him, and they couldn't find anything. So they started making up stuff. And Jesus lived his life perfectly, and he fulfilled the law, the law of God. We read about the Ten Commandments. God passed those laws to Moses, and Moses gave it to the, the Israelites, and the law of God was established. But man could not live that out. We could not perfectly live by the law. God even gave us sacrificial systems to use, and the blood of the animal just its not good enough to cover of a human sin. And in sacrifice, there always has to be blood involved. But God sent his son Jesus to fulfill the law, to live out what we could not and live that perfect life. And Jesus, when he went to that cross, was sinless. But he went to that cross to pay our punishment. He knew Ken needed forgiveness, and you can plug your name in there. He knew you needed forgiveness for your sins, and he wanted to make a way that we can come back to him and have that relationship with the Father restored, that sin separated. Sin separated us from the Father. But Jesus came, and he made a way, the way, to bring us back to the Father. And only through Jesus can that happen. We see that Jesus, he died on the cross. We read about it in the Gospels, how they beat him and they nailed him to a cross, and he died an extremely brutal death. That death was actually described in Old Testament prophecy. You know, Jesus fulfilled over 300 messianic prophecies from the Old Testament. That's amazing. That's just statistically, that can't happen. <laughs> That's how amazing it is. 
But Jesus did. He fulfilled over 300 messianic prophecies. And one of those, you can read in Isaiah 53, which describes him as the suffering servant. And Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He took our sins upon him and bore those sins for us. And he died. And then on the third day, after they had placed him in the tomb, sealed it, put the big stone over it, sealed it, so nobody could get in. On the third day, nobody got in. Jesus got out. (laughs) Jesus arose from the grave, and he rose to live and to live and to reign forever. He showed himself to us disciples. He showed himself to 500 people at one time, and he even did more teaching. And the disciples, they remembered him talking about that. He was going to die and rise again at that time. They didn't understand it. But when they saw him, after he had risen from the grave, they understood what Jesus had been telling them all along. And so he arose, and he tells us that in John three sixteen that if, if we believe, we believe in him, that we won't perish spiritually, but we will have eternal life with him. That's the promise of the good news, that Jesus went through all of that to give us the opportunity to have eternal life. And if we call on the name of Jesus, we shall be saved. The Word of God tells us that. Romans chapter, I mean, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 4, verse 12, we read, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. We know that Jesus said in John 14, verse 6, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and the only way to the Father. So if we want to get to the Father, we go through Jesus. He's the only way. There's no other way out there. Buddha can't save us. Muhammad can't save us. No other so-called God, prophet, can save us. Only Jesus. And Jesus is the only one who died and rose again. Jesus did it all. And we just need to place our faith in Jesus. I think about it this way, too. I call it the great exchange because I want you to think about it. As I mentioned, Jesus was perfect. He was sinless. He did not commit a sin. But when he went to that cross, he bore on his body our sins, your sins, my sins, the sins of the world. And when we place our trust in him and we believe in him as our Savior, as our Lord, then he forgives us. We receive forgiveness of sin through Jesus. But he also gives us his righteousness. And because he gives us his righteousness, we're clothed in his righteousness, then we can come before Almighty God. If we're not righteous, we can't come before him. But because of Jesus, we can. And so I call it the great exchange because when Adam sinned way back in the beginning of creation, then his sin was imputed, was brought down one person at a time, generation after generation, to man, to mankind. We were born in sin. And so that's what we received from Adam was sin. But Jesus, he took that sin. He took our sin, and he put it upon himself, and he gave us forgiveness, and then he gave us his righteousness. So he takes our sins, and in return, we receive forgiveness. We receive righteousness. We receive mercy. We receive grace. We receive love. We receive eternal life. And when God looks at us, he looks at us as though we had never sinned. That's amazing because I know Ken. I know who I've been my whole 56 years, and I have not been perfect. But because I've placed my trust in Jesus, because of what Jesus has done, and he has saved me, then he's washed me clean. He's, he's forgiven me. Now, am I sin-free? No. 
but I'm striving to be more like Jesus. The goal is to get that intentional sin out and to strive to be more like Jesus, and that's called sanctification. That's a whole other topic in and of itself, and I love to talk about sanctification. It's so beautiful. But that's the, that's the great exchange. Jesus takes our sins and gives us all of that, the forgiveness, eternal life, righteousness. Because in and of ourselves, we, we don't have righteousness. Uh, the Bible says our righteousness is as of filthy rags. But we get Jesus' righteousness, and there's none right, more righteous than Jesus. What he's done for us is phenomenal and just always blows my mind when I talk about it. And so you may be thinking, well, what do I need to do? to experience this phenomenal life, to experience this amazing Jesus that you keep talking about. Well, first thing you got to do is to understand that you're a sinner. You have sinned. When we think of sin, sometimes we think of big sins, right? <laughs> uh, you, you may be thinking, well, I hadn't killed anybody. Sin is sin. Whether it's what we call a, a small sin or a big sin or one in between, the truth is that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so... You need to understand that and say, yeah, I get it. I have not been perfect. I know I have sinned, and therefore I've sinned against God. And then we need to understand that there's a penalty for sin. Again, as I mentioned earlier, death, eternal death and punishment, eternity away from the presence of God. And then thirdly, you need to, to know that Jesus died. He died for your sins, and he rose again to give you eternal life if you just believe. And that's the key. It's not just about knowledge. It's not just about knowing that Jesus was nailed to a cross, was killed, and that he was buried and that he rose again. But we need to believe that. We need to trust in him. And what he did was so. He did it. And trust in him as our Savior and Lord. So head knowledge isn't enough. We need to, we need to know it. We need to have that knowledge. But we need to believe. We need to trust. We call that faith. By faith, we have been saved. Faith in Jesus Christ and the work that he did on the cross and the fact that he rose again. And at that point, then we come to him and we, we admit, you know, God, I have sinned. I know I'm a sinner and I know I need a savior. I need saving. The word of God tells us that in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 10, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified. With the mouth one confesses and is saved. So confess, Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior. I trust you. I believe you. I believe you died on that cross. I believe you rose again on the third day. And I trust in you to save me and to be my Savior, to be my Lord. And Jesus tells us, to repent. What is repentance besides a fancy Bible word? <laughs> repentance is a turning. We turn from sin and we turn to Jesus. We're turning from death to life. So we repent, turn from our ways and turn to Jesus and just tell him, I, I repent of my sins. Forgive me of my sins. The word of God tells us in 1 John chapter 1 verse 9 that if we confess our sins to God, that he is faithful and he is just to forgive us of all of our sins and to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. So see, when we ask him to forgive us, he does. And he goes a step further. He cleanses us from that sin as well. Get that residue out. I don't want that sin in me. And so as you pray and you make that decision to give your life to Jesus, 
and you trust in him as your Savior and Lord and confess him as Lord, then the Word of God says you're saved. So we need to trust him. We need to believe in him. I can't dictate you any certain prayer to pray because there's not one written in the Bible. But we do need to make those confessions and believe. Believe in him. Trust in him. Have faith in him. Jesus died for you. He was buried. And on the third day, he rose again for you. So I encourage you this morning, make today your day of salvation. Make this day the day that you give your life to Jesus. And I promise you something. If you will follow him as he commands us to, your life will never be the same, and it will be better than you ever thought it could be. Some of you may be saying, well, Ken, i got a pretty good life right now. Well, that's a good thing. That's called common grace. God gives grace to everyone. But you need saving grace. You need Jesus as your Savior and Lord, and then I guarantee you, your life will be even better, and eternally it will be wonderful. Because the sad fact is that some people go through this life and have what we would call a, a pretty good life and, you know, are comfortable. But they go through it and never give their lives to Jesus, never trust in him as Savior and Lord. And so this earth is the closest thing to heaven that they'll ever experience, and that's extremely sad. Then on the other hand, you have people who are going through this life, and it's a constant struggle. It's one tough time after another, one sickness after another, one tragedy after another. Uh, you have people, especially, well, I mean, right here in the U.S. living in poverty, but you go overseas, and the poverty is even worse. But you know what? If they will place their trust in Jesus, then earth is going to be the closest thing to hell they ever experience, and they'll go to heaven one day. I encourage you to make that decision and give your life to Jesus Please allow me to share one more scripture with you before we end today's program. I'm going to read from 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, starting midway through verse 7. When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels and flame and fire inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus, they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. When he comes on that day to be glorified in his saints and to be marveled at among all who have believed because of our testimony to you was believed. That's about the end times. That's about when Jesus does come. Well, Jesus is coming back. You may be thinking, well, Ken, I've heard that for a long time. He is. Uh, trust me, he, if he fulfilled over 300 messianic prophecies from the Old Testament when he was here on earth, then don't you think he's going to fulfill this prophecy? He's filled all those others. He's going to fulfill this one, and he is coming back. And when he does, or if we die before he comes back, the same is true, that it'll be eternal destruction if you don't know Jesus as your Savior and Lord here on earth. That's why I'm saying make today your day of salvation. We're not promised tomorrow. I encourage you, give your life to Jesus today because I'm not okay with eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord forever. I'm not good with that, and I hope you aren't either. So I encourage you, give your life to Jesus today. Just call out to him, confess him as Lord, believe in your heart that he died and rose again. Repent of your sins, turn to him. And you know what? He will. He will come in. He will save you. And then I encourage you to tell somebody, tell, a, tell another believer, get plugged in with a local church, a body of believers. That's a life-giving church that will teach you how to live this life for Jesus. We call that discipleship. We have a school of discipleship right here at Love and Action. You can call or email us and check out that. But if you need somebody to pray with you, we'll be glad to pray with you as well. But I'll encourage you, 
tell somebody, be baptized, and then follow him. Learn, learn his word. Learn how to live for Jesus. And if you'd like to call me, our number here at Love and Action is 334-494-4995. 334-494-4995. Or you can email me at ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com. Ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com. Would love to pray with you. Would love to give you some next steps. And I pray you made that decision today. And those, again, who are believers already, tell people this good news. Jesus Christ died on the cross. He was buried and on the third day rose again. And then you can go into your testimony, how he has saved you, what he's done in your life. Get the gospel message out. The simple message of the gospel will transform lives for all eternity. Well, we're out of time. Thank you so much for joining me today. I pray you have a great rest of this day and a wonderful week coming up, remembering that Jesus loves you so, so, so much. And I pray the Lord will bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.